Uh, I'll be Welcome to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of UFO Undercover. Like Natasha said, I am your host, Joe Montaldo. Uh, we should be having a great evening, great morning, great afternoon, wherever you are on our beautiful blue planet this evening. Uh, you know, guys, there's always a lot to be said on the show. We, we stay very busy. We've got a lot going on. There's a bunch of us working these days. Uh, so there always seems to be a wealth of information to out every day. Now tonight's guest uh, is going to be interesting because tonight's guest, uh, or we got three guests on with us tonight. Um, on the first hour, well, actually for the whole show, November Hansen and Jason Wilson will be joining me, which are both iCard directors. Uh, Jason Wilson is our North American director, and November Hansen is our Oregon director in charge of research for the organization, and we will be talking uh, about research and what's going on inside our also joining us the second hour, Georgios Georgio Sukulov will be joining us the second hour uh, to discuss uh, the uh, conference, not the conference, the festival he has going down in New Orleans on the 12 uh, This in itself should just be interesting in itself. Uh, they've got a lot of live bands. They've got a lot of live music going. Uh, Y'all should have heard the promo uh, during the break. And I can't wait to get down there. Uh, we'll be broadcasting from there Friday. We'll be doing quite a lot of uh, live broadcasting. Uh, we won't be broadcasting the event because it's a paid-for event, but we will be broadcasting live from like uh, checking out people along the way, see what's going on. Uh, really, true. I mean, it, it, it should be a lot of fun. Um, frankly, Giorgio is a, is a great guest. He's a great person to talk to, and Ancient Aliens is a blast to watch. So I really think that this should be a really fun interview tonight when he comes and joins us in the second hour. And we're all standing there, but enough of that now. Jason, how y'all doing? 
Guys, girls, you're here. Okay, I was just wondering, hearing any audio for a second. Oh, I just got back and plugged my headphones in. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, um, uh, there's a bunch of weeds. What the hell? You know what? Uh, I'm going to play a little trick for you out here, people. And let's see something. We should be able to all hear this. Hold on a second. Giorgio, the alien sky from the History Channel's Ancient Aliens, join me, Ghostland Observatory, and so much more at the Sugar Mill for Cosmic Fest on Friday, December 21st to help prevent the end of the world. For tickets, visit CosmicFestNola.com. All right, y'all should all heard that quite well. Blasted me clean out of my chair. <laughs> yeah, that was nice. It was rock. It uh, cleared out my eardrums. But anyway, uh, Georgia will be joining us in a second. Now we will be discussing that. Some of the fans that can be there. Um, maybe about the dinner later on in the evening. How you can get there if you want to attempt it along the golf course. I mean, it's not too late to get a ticket. And it's not too late to fly in. And like I said, we will be there working fresh. So, so you come see Georgia. Come to see me. Come to see the Rockets. Just come on down and hang out. It's going to be a great party. And know this. If the world truly going to come to the end on 12 21 12 what would you think? Hanging out in the rooms with Joe and Georgia, having a good old party, or sitting in your backyard, going, ooh, ooh, it's good, coming in the sky there, honey. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Jason, introduce yourself after Jason's shooting November. Introduce yourself, and we'll start there, guys. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Jason Wilson. I'm the um, North American Director for the International Community for Alien Research, and, and I'm just kind of really looking forward to this end of the world stuff. Who knows if crap hits the fan, it might actually be fun. As annoying as everything has been for me the last few days, I think it would be a welcome change of pace. At least I'd be able to shoot stuff. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that, should I? Oh, bad, Jason. Bad. bad, Jason. They're coming for you now. I mean, you know you can't be shooting that now. <laughs> no directed pointed threats. Not yet, anyway. But uh, the night is young. I know, I know. The night is young. And we, 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 by the way, ladies and gentlemen, before I let November introduce yourself, we actually have a show for the topics Jason was just talking about. It's called News on the Flip Side. It's on Saturday night. Anyone can call in and state your, you know, your facts. Your, I'm going to tell you all a little secret. You know, Stephanie Bonetti is my co-host of the show. And I know a lot of y'all know her from Second Sight of my she's to host with Chris. Um, we have a rule. You know, people are always calling, well, I don't believe you. Where's, where's the facts? So you know ahead of time, I've been saying this for weeks. Everything we discuss on that show is posted. All the links are actually on our website, on News and the Flip Side. There's nothing we're going to discuss. They have a link that will take you directly to the source. Uh, this isn't like CNN News or ABC News where somebody gets a bill. Well, you know, uh, 50 kids were stabbed in uh, China when it was really 17, and, and none of them died. <laughs> so um, that's what that show is for. Anyway, getting back to November. November, how you doing? Hey, I'm right here. Whoa, she's out. Good night. I'm doing great. I don't know if everybody else is serious. It's not good. I think there's someone else at my computer with me. I'm not precisely sure what's going on. I have no idea. Okay, well, it sounds better now, but did yeah, you need to I mean, I heard another voice besides my own, and I'm going, okay. Anyways, I'm November Hansen. I'm Director of Research for ICAR. Um, I have several research projects opened. Another young lady named uh, Heather. Heather's name just escaped me. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyways, um, on our website, we have open research projects. We have more that will be added to it. 
And, uh, yeah, that's what I do uh, in my off time when I have spare time, which is hardly ever. Yeah, I kind of know how that goes. Is Joe even with us? You know, I'm not precisely sure he is, but do we really need him anyway? According to my computer, it's just you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, what, what do I have? I've got... I've got all of this on Skype, but I think I hear Joe faintly in the background. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe they've got heart cranked up to 11 and it's just affecting everything, so who knows? Oh, well, maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, who knows? Maybe we're ramping up for Friday. <laughs> maybe they're going to talk. I don't know. It's one of these weird nights there. That's for sure. I don't know. Why is it every time I'm on, it's a weird night? We all live in a yellow submarine. <laughs> oh my god, this is awful. So what are we going to talk about tonight, gentlemen? <laughs> I don't know. What are you going to be able to talk tonight? <laughs> That's a good question. I Joe's gone again. Well, Jason, what have you been up to as the acting North American director? I you know, each other. <laughs> uh, when I got in, I've got us a couple of um, new directors in. You know, we've brainstormed on a couple of the research projects. I've uh, contributed to a couple of those, but you know, and well, still sitting here noticing trends. Any contactees or duckies or anybody that's experienced anything of the paranormal, for that matter, I would like to ask everybody a question. Has it been a quiet couple of weeks as far as, um, you know, alien and paranormal type stuff is? I seem to be getting that from a lot of people. I've actually had a couple of people, you know, straight up ask me, hey, what's going on? Um, nothing's happening. It's almost like, you know, kind of one of those quiet low periods. And I'm trying to see if that fleshes out. I mean, I've noticed a number of people that seem to be reporting these things to me, and, well... Quite honestly, if we would report all of these to the iCar event tracker, that would help us out immensely. Yes, it would. And we have been getting some reports on the event tracker. I mean, Jason, let's be frank. I mean, I knew that doing an event tracker, you're probably looking at one to two years to have something like that effectively up and running. Although in the meantime, I have been thinking about a lot of things, you know, about these events, about people being able to see fragments of events happen, what could possibly cause that. So I've been started doing some research on that, you know, things like, you know, your uh, cosmic consciousness or global consciousness or whatever. Maybe it's not even consciousness. Maybe it's subconsciousness. So let's do a little bit of research there. And so I've been working on that. The dream survey, I plan on writing or reporting in February. Hope to have it out, I don't know, in the March, beginning of April. And then Heather, I see, has been getting some hits on her project with uh, uh, people in the UFO community and their occupations. She has another one she wants to do on uh, uh, health, on uh, abductee health. And then I have another one I want to do on uh, values, uh, UFO community values. I um, haven't even started the questions on that yet, but it's <coughs> booming around in my brain. I know. I, can, I mean, I can just sit here and brainstorm and probably come up with, you know, half a dozen surveys in the next five minutes of just interesting things that I've observed over time, about, what, 15 years or so, being an abduction researcher. 
Well, you start to notice the things, and you like to quantify them a little bit more. I mean, there just seems to be almost a cyclical nature to things, and, well, it's like ripples in a pond, almost. It's like when one contactee is experiencing some interesting symptoms, and it could be anything. I mean, it could be like a noticed lack of activity. It could be everybody having the same general theme of a strange dream that night. You know, it could act be UFO sightings. You know, people could actually be seeing extraterrestrials or just, you know, have them on the brain for whatever reason. And I'd like to hear reports about these. I mean, you can almost notice that when one person has one of these symptoms happening, pretty soon it spreads like wildfire through everybody. And, you know, just with offhand reports that we've been getting from people, I mean, we're not, I mean, prior to the, um, something like the event tracker, you know, it was all kind of anecdotal. I mean, you could sort of look at it, but you didn't really have any statistics to back it up. Well, one of the things that a lot of these research projects do is, you know, quite honestly, they provide us the information that we need to help us flesh out our theories or figure out particular quirks about the thing. And quite honestly, I'd like to see as much of this happening as possible. Yeah, I would too. Well, you know, something like the event tracker, you also have a paper trail. You know, so if you have, you know, somebody saying, you know, I've got these, I've been having these dreams about a plague or somebody else saying I've been having these visions about epidemics and, you know, and these people can be all over the world and all of a sudden, you know, six, seven months later something actually occurs, you can go back and see if there was a trending towards that and now you have a paper trail. You're not going to be able to predict an event and stop it. I I really don't believe that's possible. I think this has something to do more with a, I don't know, thinking about a computer, the Internet itself, Jason. Somewhere, someplace, there was a very beginning, you know, like the Internet's Big Bang. Everybody, all of us are all plugged into this beginning, this Big Bang, and I think the consciousness could potentially be very similar. You know, there was a bang in consciousness. We're all plugged into it somehow, but we're still our individual peoples. Like, you know, my desktop isn't sitting on your desk. It's still separate. It's still its own desktop, but it's still plugged into this massive, whatever you want to call it. I probably made that clear as mud, but that's kind of one of the things I've been looking at and leaning to. Joe, thanks for joining us. Yeah, well, I've been back. I've just been, I've just been listening. Well, no, I was... I, I was letting y'all talk. I was listening because I was switching laptops is what I was doing. Since mm-hmm. the other one seemed y'all were having a hard time hearing me. So, yeah, we're not going through a whole show like that. Besides, I knew both y'all could host, so I wasn't really worried about it. Yeah. You know, actually, actually it sounds better, much better. Well, as far as a lot of the research projects go, um, I'd actually like to see it branch out and, you know, receive input from, you know, people that work with other organizations and other individual researchers out there. I'm sure they have a lot of the same questions that we do, and yeah, that's one of the ways we can help the ufology and abduction research community in general is with things like the event tracker, you know, our particular jobs data, you know, questions about people's health. I mean, a lot of this is, it comes down to this, people, basically. There's no smoking gun that extraterrestrials are visiting and interacting with individuals. Yes, there. I've had my experiences. Others have had theirs. There are a lot of, you know, individual stories and a lot of testimony, but there's no actual evidence, and aliens certainly have not openly revealed themselves. 
you know, spilled the beans. So this is what we have to do. The best information comes from the people that are having the experiences. Right. I really don't see, I mean, I, mean, I really don't see any better direction to go than this. No, I agree, because if you don't have something, you know, a report or a writing or, I mean, it'd be, it'd be like somebody saying, okay, I'm going to research, um, I don't know, corns on the feet. I don't want to pick cancer because that's too cliche. And they put together this, you know, this study group, and they're going to research it. And they're going to see what causes it. And then they never write anything about their findings. I mean, how long is that going to last? You know, how interested is anybody going to be? Why is anybody going to fund something like that? I mean, you, you know, you've got to be able to show that you can collect data, that you can do something with data, and that you can present something for people to see what it is you're actually doing. Well, you know, and another thing, too, is um, a lot of the experiences that, you know, with a lot of the surveys and everything, the, the information that we're looking for sometimes can be considered very personal and, you know, something that a lot of these people don't want in general. A lot of people worry with things like this. It's like, where is my information going? Is it going to be sitting here in a database? Are they going to sell it to Pepsi? Are they going to market a line of Mountain Dew for alien abductees based on this information or something like that? Yeah, yeah, there are other things about that. But one of the things we will never ask for is we, we will not take any kind of personally identifiable identifiable information. We're not asking for your social security number. We're not asking for your mailing address. We're not asking for your phone number. Really, the only things that we're interested in are some statistical data, more or less your rough location. Hey, if you just want to narrow it down to a state, that's cool with me. You know, your rough location, your age, and, you know, minor statistical data like that. I mean, we're not mining this data the only thing we're really getting from you is an email address. That's the only way we have to identify you. And we all know how random those can be. Right. And I don't even necessarily, you know, I all I even tell people in the questionnaires, they don't have to fill out anything that they're not comfortable with. It doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't mean that, you know, when you've got 75 questions and there's a couple somebody doesn't want to answer, it's not going to affect a report that you're going to write. Well, it shouldn't affect any reports anybody writes. Um, actually, Jimmy, we're not asking for any, I mean, okay, let me rephrase this. You can give us as much information as you want. If you want to give your phone number, your address, your height, your weight, all that, it, that's fine. It's going to be kept confidential regardless. But we're not actually asking you for that. Uh, we're just doing comparison studies on a lot of stuff, and we'd like as much participation as we can get. Now, granted, I know some of y'all out there are going to... Um, be trying to hoax us or BS us or mess with us, and that's to answer John's question who just wrote in for Australia. The thing about it is, it's going to be really hard. All three of us are considered senior investigators, not, we're not, you know, stage one, stage two, stage three, and if it's like with November, she thinks something's fishy, she may call Jason, she may call me, she may send it to somebody else, but you can bet you're behind, it's going to go through a few people before anybody makes a decision, unless it's just obvious, and then she's going to flag it and toss it. Um, and I've done that. That's true. I mean, I've gotten ones where somebody just sits there and types the X key over and over again or the Y key over again, or, or they get halfway through it and they say, you know what, this isn't fun anymore. This is boring. That's how they play it, you know? That's just so, Yeah, and if I have a question, if I look at one, I'm thinking, man, this is just so far out there, I don't know how it could possibly even begin to fit in with something, I will send it to 
generally two other people before I make determine if we're going to toss it out of that, you know, the report or not. So, you know, I don't randomly pick and choose who I'm going to include or not. Kirby wrote in. Kirby wrote in from San Francisco earlier today, and he's like, he's like, man, this is like taking an essay. <laughs> I said, but that's the whole point. I said, it's, it's a lot of information. We're asking a lot of questions for the apprehension. But I said, in the early days, November 9, a few others discussed this. We were going to do 25 or 30 questions. The problem is, is too many people were hoaxing it. So we learned, when you ask 50, 70 or more questions, only the hardcore people, the real contactees usually will only take the time to take it because it's involved. Uh, it took me, I got halfway through the last one. I think it took me an hour and I still wasn't even halfway, and, you know, because there's lots of places in there you can add a lot of information. There's questions that you yes, no, or, or multiple choice, whatever, but there's places in there where November has allowed you to really express what it is that you're trying to get across. And, of course, that takes time. You know, and, you know I tell this to people out there, you don't have to fill it out all in one day. Save it in your favorites list. Uh, save it as is in your favorites list, and you can come back and start from where you left off. Uh, if you're on Windows 7 or greater, it works pretty easy. XP, I'm not sure if you can do that or not. Uh, but you can on the, the more advanced programs, and, and then you can come back, take it at your own leisure. Or, uh, you know, tell you something else. Somebody asked me this yesterday, and I will put an official mail, uh, official mail on the on the website because I had two people ask me if they could if they could print it off and snail mail it to us. And That's just yeah, I said, you can do that. I said, no, I'll just forward it in November. I said, or if you really want, I said, you can print it off, do it and scan it and put it back on via your email and send it to us that way. Or I said, you can download the whole thing to your computer and later on you can take it when you finish it, just pop it in the email and pop it over in November or pop it to the site, whatever. It's going to get wherever it's going. Um, you don't make it more complicated than it has to be, people, because it's not really, and you can really get out there and do this. And frankly, you know, comparison study for us is, is makes things much easier. You know, when you start to talk about what's going on and who's doing what and what's up to what and, and why, who's getting pulled or not, these help show us trends. It helps us to move in directions where we can look for more. Matter of fact, to put this in perspective for everyone listening, there's been a progression of research being done on ICAR seven years. And what we've been doing is we get some amount of research and then we take that and we, we turn that into more research projects. That's how the blood type study got started. That's how the gray studies got started. It's just how they got started. And then they progressed. Now, November's taken all of that. And she's going through it. So, well, there's a hole here. There's a hole there. There's a hole here. We need to know more about this. And it's actually started filling in the gaps, which, of course, is just going to give us more information. Um, God only knows what we're going to all end up knowing. Or... Frankly, we're all getting kind of old, except for Jason. He's he's still young, so November's like ancient now. I think she's a hundred or something. And, and <laughs> she's like, "There's no baby, Joe. You're only a few weeks younger than me." Oh, uh, you do, Gary. Yeah, I am much younger than her. I don't know what she's talking about. But I bet I have more hair now than you do, too. I bet you do, Tam. That's the sad part, too. Um, well, on the top now, because I got the ponytail that touches, you know, where we ain't gonna go there. <laughs> but the rest of it's kind of like this shiny little, you know, beacon for ET to come by and visit. Anyway, I know, I know, ladies and gentlemen, we're it's this, we're all friends, so we do get a little sidetracked sometimes. So just bear with us. Um, something else, I wanted to go back to the dream study. Now, for the dream study for you, November, what is it? I mean, you just wanted to know what's in these crazy people's heads, or. Or do you want to see how this crosses over into the abduction scenario or just see what generally... 
Okay. I'm see just related to people's contacts and their experiences. And I'll be honest, I don't know if I'm going to... Actually, I expect to learn something more than what I anticipated, is what I was kind of hoping. Um, I know you, you talk with these people mm -hmm. over the years, and dreams often come up in conversation, and so... You know, I took some of those things that we could repetitively come up and put them in the form of a questionnaire, and I wanted to see, you know, will it take us anyplace? Well, that's the best way to do it, too. Oh, speaking of that, Jason, when we get done tonight, send November over, because I'll probably forget, or if November reminds me, give her access to the abduction at AT&T.net, because that thing's got 60 or 70 people in there right now that are, are either wanting to get involved or give us information or something along those lines. Um, it's It's... It's an interesting thing. Hey, Mars, what's up, babe? How you been? Um, Mars has come to visit the room, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. The, the chat room, Steve Mars, has come to visit us. Um. All right, cool. Well, um, all right. Well, we, well, actually, Joe, I've been uh, planning on uh, giving Heather a set of keys to the, uh, you know, big email account, too, and uh, you're on here, so. Well, I'm glad we're on that, too, because. I will get around to that, Heather. You know me. I'm but while I'm late. thinking about that, neither one of us have accessed... Um, you gotta remind me. We need to re-access the old site because it's still getting email and stuff. Not a lot, but it's still getting some. So we need to get over there one day and just peruse through all of that and see what's come in and uh, reshuffle that to the new site. Now the other, the new site is actually filtered before it gets to me, so that's kind of nice. It's going through two directors before it actually gets to me, so I'm not having to go through as much of the stuff. And uh, all of that's in another email, but I'll get y'all access to that one too. See, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot to keep up with for all of us. And, and since none of us actually get a paycheck, <laughs> when you give up that much time, you got to kind of get something in return, information. You know, some of you have peace-loving lighters. Send me some love. Send me some light. <laughs> send me some money. <laughs> well, actually, y'all, I've got a question. Um, I've got one particular. Well, what, what are some of the more interesting points of interest that we've uh, come across you know, based on some of our studies and some of the research. I know that personally, one of the things that I, every now and then we just, you know, have everything spread out. You'll be looking at the spreadsheet and certain details will just kind of jump out at you. One of the ones that um, November and I had noticed was, um, well, in particular, and this was part of the reptilian study, which uh, we're still accepting uh, submissions for that one, too. It's kind of on hiatus, but we are accepting submissions for it, but one of the things that I noticed was women in Canada tend to have either bad experiences with reptilians or really good experiences with golden-eyed reptilians, and you just kind of have to look at things like that and be like, hmm, you know, they're sort of proud, you've got the same type of reports crowded in a particular geographical region that you really don't see anywhere else on the planet. So, I don't know. It gives you interesting lines. Well, it's, you know, any good answer to any question just brings up more questions. And I don't know. I kind of like that game. Well, it is. Well, you see, but we found that with other countries, like with the British, we've noticed that, um, or I should say on the Isle itself, that we don't have as many contact cases as we have sheer abduction cases like Sasa Christie, who's our UK director over there. Uh, there's a lot of hostility towards aliens in the UK, a lot more than I realized until we got directors over there and got a few other people working, but there's a lot. Uh, it's not like it is in the US or Australia where you seem to have a, a, a rather good mix. 
they're quite a bit more hostile. It's almost like it's a control group. And it doesn't yeah. matter. And, you know, Joe, you see things like that, and you start trying to, you, you try to postulate them out and sort of figure out, okay, what's the difference here? So it's like amongst all the contactees from just about everywhere, there are certain elements, you know, pretty much coalesce with one another. I mean, these things are more or less constant from, you know, group to place to however you want to classify them. But you start noticing these particular geographical differences and regional differences, and you kind of have to wonder what's different. Well, one of the things that's different is the military and the government you happen to be under. I mean, um, you know, especially people that may be having, like, some type of military or governmental experience in addition to their extraterrestrial experiences. You know, the particular group, I mean, non-extraterrestrial group that's getting them, if that is the case, that may account for some of the regional differences that you see. You know, just, you can come up, I mean, interest, you just kind of have to look at it from all different ways and see where things just lay out. You do kind of, kind of got to look over and say, I guess, well, we're still getting a little feedback. I mean, what the hell? How much I answer this one for Loonster? What's one of the interesting things I found out and the information I've been gathering? One of the things that I find, actually there's two, the blood study, of course, because on that particular study, you have, you already have um, the information of, you know, what we are globally, just from uh, medicine, doing the research, you know, how many O's there are, how many O negatives, so on and so forth. When you look at the UFO community and you compare those two, it's completely different as far as what your predominant blood and the same thing came up in a personality survey. If you, we have personality traits, there's 16 of them, and people fit into one of those 16 categories, and we know globally what that looks like. But when you do it within the UFO community, it's totally flip-flop than what it would be globally. So I find that really interesting. And I, I would imagine that there's other traits, some form of fashion, that's very same. Yeah, I would think there is. I would think there is. And, and it seems like the more we look into this, uh, the more things we find. And, and I think with the dream study and some of the other studies we're going to find, or some of them we've already found, which is getting a little weird to start off with. Right. Well, even in the dream study, I've looked at some of it already. Like, you know, for years I was taught, you know, most people dreamed in black and white. And that's not true. I mean, if you're looking at the UFO community, it's nearly everybody's in color. I think there's only one person that answered black and white. So I would imagine that we'll probably, you know, see some of those other things, too. I think we will, actually. I think we're going to see a lot of those kind of things. I think we're going to see things along those. And it's weird when people tell me, you know, when I was young, I used to always hear people talking about, oh, I dream in black and white. And I was like, really? Because I dream in color. Nowadays, though, most of the people I talk to said so they dream in color. I agree. I wonder what changed. I almost I thought it was kind of ridiculous the first time I heard somebody saying that they dreamed in black and white because every dream that I have ever had has been pretty much like technicolor surround sound, you know. Hmm. And silence. <laughs> okay, that was weird. That was weird. No, I just got a, I got a little pause there. I'm still just getting a little breaking up sound. I don't know why. It's making me crazy though. So while we're live, we're going to do this. Watch this. Back again. Like magic. Like magic. November, you like magic too? 
I like magic too. All right, we're all there. See yeah, I have a question for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because Friday's coming up, December twenty first. This is just something that just popped into my head. Why do you think this? Why do you think this is? Going back to like nineteen ninety eight, a lot of people in the UFO community, the circles that we talked, you know, with individuals on the internet, you know, several hundred people over the course of many years. Um, there are certain things that they like to study. You know, it wasn't just UFOs and um, extraterrestrials. The Mayan calendar, you know, lots of ancient history. Okay, so the Mayan calendar whole thing is going to come to an end on Friday, more or less. I mean, let's face it, there's not going to be any more talk of the Mayan calendar after the 21st because that was all the excitement about it. But often people don't want to study that. You know, November, I'd have to say that you're probably a little bit wrong about that because the Mayan calendar is not going to die. I think you're going to see this. You're going to see the same thing that they did with Planet X. It's going to be like, oh, it wasn't December 21st because of the differences between the Mayan calendar and the Gregorian calendar. It's three days off. It's going to be on Christmas Eve. Then once Christmas Eve passes, they're going to be like, oh, well, they found this new glyph and that throws the equations off a little bit, so it's going to be next week. Next week's not going to happen. Then they're going to come out with an excuse for next month, and it's going to be a good half a year. Actually, if they're like the Planet X people, they'll probably never shut down. Okay, always permanently there. Joe's going to be our bookie. Jason thinks it's going to live on, and I think it's just going to die off the edge of the planet. To the vast majority of everybody else, but you know how those diehard believers are. Once it becomes a dogma, it's just going to happen, okay? You can't convince them otherwise. I haven't heard about Planet X in, like, years. I mean, uh, years. I those people 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 brought it up. It was. It made. Uh, it was an NSNBC or NBC one. I made. They were talking about it as that's what's going to be the end of the world on twelve twenty one twelve. I'm like, really? Can't we come up with something more unique, like uh, maybe like the caldera goes, or uh, there's a massive movement on the ocean, two huge tsunamis, five thousand feet sweep across the planet, you know, or a giant red dwarf superheats us and barbecues us. You know, come up with something better than Planet X. Give me a break. We've been watching this guy's Zeno Planet X. It's out there somewhere, but it's not around here anywhere, apparently. You know, actually, I've been hearing a lot of the rehashing of Planet X, you know, tying it in with the whole 2012 thing. Guess what? The calculations were wrong. It's really supposed to be on 2012 when the galactic alignment happens. It's going to zip out of hyperspace. And <laughs> they do come up with some BS of that planet. I mean, let's see. First, it was a brown dwarf towing a bunch of planets going to kill me. Then it was just a rogue planet coming through our thing. Then it was going to kill me. And then, of course, you know, when we started using physics, oh, well, God's making it come. Why? God wanted to kill us. He just wiped his hand and killed a planet. You don't need to send a, 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 a damn meteor at us. Well, that was everybody wanted it to be a bad thing. Why can't we have 2012 as, like, an age of new enlightenment? You know, maybe, maybe all of a sudden people are going to, just jump into this new skin of awareness. You know, why does it have to be all this doom and gloom stuff? <laughs> I, I see, well, I, I've always been like that. Because if you take the Mayans, literally, they say, the end of life is you know it and the start of the golden age. Well, there's nothing that says death or destruction or anything else in there. It suggests that, hey, you know, I'm here. There's going to be some kind of shift in my own personal consciousness, and it's going to trigger the golden age for yourself. Um, now I don't even think they mean the whole planet, because frankly, you know, 
some Americans could probably switch their consciousness pretty easy. Even some of the hardcore ass fights could probably switch their uh, switch their things. But you know, China, I'm not feeling the love coming from China. India, not so much. Africa, ooh, not so much. To, ooh, the Middle East, oh, no, no, baby. There ain't too much. Well, let's stuff. not go there yet. But, um, oh, no, we're not going. Well, oh, wait, we, we, we got to go there for one minute, though. Um, I got a report now. I don't know if this is true or not, guys, so we're just going to spill this out like I, I heard it. Uh, I had a little video clip sent to me, and there's a UFO scene over Baghdad. It's just hovering over there with red, blue, green light. Okay, fluff, it's gone. All right, wow. It's gone. All of a sudden, it's sitting over, um, it's uh, in Palestine, sitting over the city there. And an hour later, again, it's sitting over uh, um, in Israel. So this thing moves along, moves along, moves along. It seems to stop for an hour or two and then jet to the next city, stop for an hour or two, jet to the next city, stop to... Now, since most of these cities, there's some kind of war or some kind of activity going on, you got to wonder why no one took a pot shot at it. You know, so is it real? Mm, being that nothing's being shot at, I'm not really thinking it's real. Uh, because if you could see it, even even if it wasn't on radar, you could still see it. So you would still shoot at it, I would think. So I'm thinking maybe not. But hey, you know, when they, they're going to post a video this weekend, I'll put it up on the UFO on the cover site, and y'all can all go. To, oh, you know what? I'll put it. Up, I, I keep forgetting we got a YouTube page now. I'll put it up on the YouTube page. And uh, y'all go over there and check it out and tell me what you think. I always forget we got a YouTube page, man. I got to remember that. You know, that would be kind of cool to see a UFO video. And you're sitting there watching it out, and then the Taliban busts out with AKs and RPGs and starts nailing it. Yeah, it would be like, it'd be like one of them scenes out of Mars attacks, right? Just the machine gun, a little green beam comes down and poof, <laughs> they're dust. Um, I've actually, you know, the sightings have been down this year. On a whole, for 2012, the sightings have been down this year. Just type in UFO Paranormal or type in my name and it'll come up the YouTube page. Uh, honestly, I haven't really been paying that much attention. Like, you know, you're right. Last time I took a look, about a month or so ago, it just seems like, you know, they're sort of thin. read a couple of other articles about uh, other researchers noting that just in general their inboxes aren't quite as full as they used to be. And it's interesting because we're busier than usual. Uh, and a friend of mine the other day, and this is a friend of mine, he, he, he's like, Joe, well, I understand County can be no sightings and lots of abductions. I said, I said, it's still the same amount of abductions, just more people are coming forward to us. I said, that's all it really is. I said, as far as the sightings go, I said, a lot of the contactees, after they report three or four sightings, they give it up. They don't report them anymore. They just think it's part of whatever they're doing, and they leave it alone and move on. So, you know, we know those kind of things happen already. Uh, so there's going to be some decrease, and you know there was a big influx, right, for those three or four years after 911, because everybody in the country was looking up, looking at something, and half of them reported weren't UFOs uh, uh, at all. And yes, oh, I didn't know Steve was going to say that. D rocks, man. But anyway, moving on. Yes, indeed, you do, D. <laughs> and but um, well, I wanted to bring up one little, one more point um, from earlier about. Okay, you guys want to believe in the 2012, you know, great over-ascension where human beings are just going to, like, age of Aquarius and be cool and everything like that, but I'm a pragmatic realist, and I'm not really going to hold my breath for any of that hippie crap to happen. <laughs> 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 November, have you been telling me about hippie crap? You're just a baby, Jason. That's why you didn't get to live through part of that era. <laughs> oh, wait, you wait until I get old. I'm going to be one bitter old man. I bet you will. 
Now, you see, but November's up there in Oregon. She's going to get the overflow date now since, you know, they legalized that illegal substance. <laughs> Everybody's going to be seeing UFOs. has went insane. It is not in the national news. I've been looking. But, man, they are just out there with their little pot baggies having a jolly old time. Look, I'll predict this now. The amount of UFO sightings in, in Washington State will double in the next year. I actually feel kind of bad for George. I mean, for uh, Peter Davenport. <laughs> Uh, going to go, what the hell's going on? Yeah, half your state's high, buddy. That's what's going on. And I'm not hating. To each his own. I'm not hating. So don't start sending me email. It's because uh, we live. See, Jason and I live in the South, and they soon shoot you as making pot legal down here. So <laughs> we in the Bible Belt. God says. Well, I'll say one there. thing though: there are a lot of smokers in enemy territory. You know, trying to keep it underground and everything. So no power to you. And look, guys, you can make a report. I seen what Justin just wrote in from Washington State. Well, we can report it. I said you can. Yeah, you can report it. Even if you're high, just make sure you get lots of details, and hopefully, there's somebody else with you. Uh, we're not going to hold it against you just because you wrote it. Don't mean you're not seeing something. I just, you know, it's easier. It's it's not so much for us that it is for everybody else. As if you're straight, it's easier to convince people that you're not totally insane. Well, you know what I was just thinking about. All right, guys, for a moment here, let's theorize that. Something bad happens. It does indeed hit the fan for 2012 or any other particular day, and oh, it starts to roll. Well, I'll be hanging out with Georgia, so I won't care. Oh, man, do you know how bad CNN, MSNBC, and Fox would be butchering the actual details of it before anybody actually knew what happened? I mean, just like every other single story. You all saw how that shooting news broke out. Every single detail that they came out with was just plain wrong. Oh, it was him. Oh, it was his brother. Oh, they were there together. Dad's dead. No, Dad's alive. Mom's dead. Mom's dead at school. No, Mom's dead at home. Okay, news. Good job, y'all. Yeah, news is a retarded these days. You know, I was watching the room she posted in about the event uh, tracker. Maybe we should make a ticker uh, for the paranormal UFO and iCar sites. And on a ticker, you know, we can have it going across, you know, tracking, your reporting, tracking, your sighting. Uh, tracking your event, uh, whatever it may be, uh, and make it clickable like that. We'll have to do that. I think that'll be better. Kind of get your attention, you know, like that. The little ticker on the bottom on CNN. Yeah, you know how you have the little ticker on the bottom of CNN news? Oh, or actually, okay. on all the news. <laughs> so what are we going to put on the ticker? No, 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 no. I'm just going to put the sites on the ticker. And Joe, Joe, think about it for a second. Think about it for a second. You can barely run Skype. No, no, man. Skype runs great. That ain't. <laughs> you know, don't get too complicated. <laughs> no, Skype, Skype, we never have to worry about. It runs great. That's the least of our problems. Uh, no, the tickers and the websites are easy. Websites are just easy these days. You put a ticker on there, uh, you know, one of the eight-inch tickers, and then you put the we different websites in it, and before each website, you put a short description and have it morphing as it's going through, and that way it catches people's attention when they come on the site, and they can click the ticker. And whatever event they click, like if it says event track, and they click it, it'll take them right to that page. Uh, I suppose that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then it'll get attention. And, you know, the new site is so pretty that uh, actually it's been updated recently, too. All, everybody's new information should be on there, too. And um, it's, it was just recently updated. By the way, we're talking about www.icarone.com. Go over and check it out. Oh, and we've got a couple of new, a couple of more new. We've got, a couple, we've got two new Indian directors coming on this month. Uh, we've got a new director coming in from Germany. We've got a new director coming in from Amsterdam. So we can get his take on some other stuff. Um, and we've got, I think... Would Amsterdam fall in line with Washington? 
Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess they would. <laughs> I can't miss that number, but yeah, I guess you're right, they would. Uh, yeah, well, you know, they do see some stuff up in Amsterdam, so we want to get them on board as well. Uh, but there's there's a uh, there's a lot of good there's a lot of good people coming in. I know we've got a couple of three or four people. We've got uh, I think he, there's two people in Florida looking to get on board with us. And, uh, and I was talking with Stephen the other day, and he's looking to get on board and a couple others. So uh, we should see uh, probably about ten new directors over the next two months, which should be nice. Give Jason headaches. <laughs> yeah. Um, My viewers know they can set up their own research projects. I mean, the way we've got this set up, I don't know how Heather's experience has been with it, but I really like it. It's just using the Google Drive and just everything's boom right there in one spot. You click on it, you click another button, and it gives you all your data all organized in one little sheet. Yeah, I, uh, anytime we bring in a new, either Jason and I will tell them, well, actually, any, any of the directors can tell them, but you know, we'll tell them as they come in because uh, we're really getting a huge reach these days. And it was funny, and I wasn't going to say this tonight, but it was really funny. I was talking with uh, one of the, the number two over at MUFON the uh, day before yesterday, and we were talking about some abduction stuff, you know, because we had, with the way Cliff, Clifford, Clifford Cliff was in MUFON, we had talked about doing some brother-sister um, abduction work between two organizations. And uh, I think we might go ahead and, and give it a try and see what comes out of it. Uh, you never know. The more contactees, the merrier. And I know pretty much all of our New Zealand friends, pretty much most of our Australian friends have now signed up on board, and they're all putting in stuff, and they're all come from different abduction groups. And we've got a couple from the U.K. that joined, and a couple from Spain that joined, and one from Germany. So uh, there should be a, a better influx of information across the organization, really, especially over the next two years. Um, and as we go for my goal this summer, uh, to make the, by far, when I say the largest UFO organization, well, I mean bigger than the Raelians. Not, we're, we're so much, we've got more people, you have 20 than MUFON has members. <laughs> just, just to put that into perspective for y'all. Um, it's not even a funny thing anymore. But the Raelians have around 58, 59,000 members, and we would like to surpass that sometime this coming year in 2013. Well, I guess it does make it easier when you have your own orgasm day to get, get more members. That's true. How, have you all been following all the people in the little town in France, you know, with the UFOs? Yeah, I, I, I have to stop for a minute, and I can't believe I'm actually doing this, but I've got to defend the railings. Oh, all. no. There's a lot of people that talk about them and speculate about them. I actually went and met a whole bunch of them. Even um, attended one of their um, transmission ceremonies with uh, like their number two railing in the world. He's the number one guy in North America. Hey, he's my counterpart in the railings. Small world, huh? But um, basically, uh, I met a lot of the railings, and I'd have to say that I don't have a problem with a lot of their core beliefs. Um, you know, their ideas that, you know, hey, maybe your aliens are gods, or your gods are aliens, vice versa, something like that. You know, we're going to have George Osakalos on. I mean, that's pretty much right up his alley. You know, the aliens believe a lot of that. They think that a lot of the miracles that, for instance, even eternal life itself, is something that can be achieved through, achieved through technology. So the core beliefs, you know, along those lines, really aren't that bad. I mean, I personally have—I have to admit—I kind of have a problem with the Rayola part, and I've heard some pretty nasty things about that man. You can Google him for yourself if you want to look him up. But 
Other than him, I have to say a lot of the Iranians that I met are pretty much fairly well-rounded people that, well, like Von Daniken's Chariots of the Gods, more or less. You know, and they all sort of, I suppose he could be considered a charismatic personality to hold it all together, but, you know, regardless of him, I think the rest of the Iranians are okay. And of course, it never hurts to have a orgasm day and orgy fest. I mean... Yeah, I'm sure it gets you more men. See, if we'd add that, we'd probably have 200,000 members by this summer, but no, we can't go there, yes, because unfortunately, we still have to have be taken seriously. Um, actually, uh, to, that, to answer that question from Mark, um, my goal for this year, I call, is to give up more control of it. I'm I will, say this, I will say this, though. When I met the Raymonds, there were a couple of attractive people there, but I'd have to say on the whole, Icar is at least twice as sexy. Yeah, yeah I'd have to say so. it's at, at least twice. But anyway, we're going to leave that alone. November's all quiet and sunny talking with these two idiots anymore at night. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking because really this year to answer because I want to answer Mark's question I really am planning on I have been doing it for the last year I have been handing over more control of iCar to different directors like we're adding the EU director uh, in two weeks uh, and she's going to be in charge of the EU and then she'll take care of the directors under her and uh, we've got somebody going to take like the the South Pacific well Australia New Zealand and some of the islands right there are going to all come under and they're heading so um, and I am, and Jason's getting into the U.S., and we've got a couple of new people coming in on board to help him out. And the Philippines, I think, are going to fall underneath there once I get a check, unless we get a director in the Philippines. That may be different. We've got a lot of followers in the Philippines, so we might get a director there. Uh, but still, you know, the organization is going <laughs> way too fast for me. Hey, Mr. I've actually, um, I've actually talked to uh, a couple of little UFO groups in the Philippines, and the odd research are or two, so... Yeah, uh, we'll probably have a presence there fairly soon, too. Yeah, well, you know, it's because it's weird. In the last two years, we've had something weird happen to this organization. It used to be we'd get one or two members here, you know, one a day or something, you know, two a day or something like that, join an organization. Then all of a sudden, we started bringing in directors that already had groups. Like when we brought in two of the directors from Spain, one had five, the Brazilian. They, I think there's at least four or 5,000 followers down there. The, the Malta had at least four or 5,000, and they all became part of the organization, which it's kind of a different way to grow an organization, i got to say, but hey, uh, we're all one big happy family, and there's a lot of us out there doing a lot of research right now, and I can honestly say this with confidence and never have to worry about it. If you took everyone out there doing abduction research today and combined them, they might have 2 to two to 5% of the puzzle, and I would guarantee you ICAR's got at least 15 to 20% of the puzzle, guaranteed. Well, you know, by saying that, though, let me hold on, Jay, let me finish. By saying that, I want y'all to understand something. Even if we manage to somehow squeeze out 20%, Jason, what does that really mean we know? That means we still know relatively jack shit. <laughs> yeah. We just know more than the other ones do. But in reality, that's the truth of the matter. Uh, we know a lot, but there's just so much more to, to learn. And hence, that's why we have November. Hello, November. Hi guys, how are you doing? How are you like I worked it right back to you? You've seen that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I wasn't into the whole alien thing. I thought you two could handle it like yourselves. Yeah, she said we could handle the realians on us. Well, um, let me ask me um, if we had anybody in the Philippines, and, well, you know, I'll 
uh, elaborate on that in just a moment. Well, an anecdote about the Philippines anyway, but, you know, as Joe was mentioning, you know, a lot of the other people we have that we're bringing on board in other countries and localities. Well, I know it's really good to have people like that. Now, of course, any one of us directors could say, yeah, we'll take on a lot of international stuff, but it's really better to have somebody on the ground that, you know, knows the place, the people, and the culture. Like, um, here's, a here's, here's one of the differences in this, sir. Um, I was in the Philippines in about um, 2000 or so, pretty much around then. And I happened to be out and about in the country, and I just asked uh, somebody that I happened to know if anybody knew of any, like, abduction reports or UFO sightings. And he goes, yeah, yeah, there's a sighting there a couple of years ago. He's like, come on, I know somebody that saw it. So we walked down the block. You know, and he points me out to this guy, and, you know, this guy's telling me exactly what he had seen. That, um, this would have been around 1996 or something like that. A fairly large group of people. I mean, I talked to half a dozen witnesses, and there were a whole lot more, that had seen a silver cigar shape about 100 feet off the water buzz past the beach, about two, 300 feet out from the shore. And... You know, I just thought that was amazing. I mean, here I am in this other country, just ask, and I've got people practically lining up to tell me. I mean, that's something you would never experience here in America. I mean, you know, somebody might pull you to the side and be like, oh, yeah, I saw it's something, but I'm not going to tell you about it in public. But, I mean, that was just really refreshing. I mean, that shows the differences in attitudes around the world about the topic in general. I mean, in a lot of ways, a lot of places that are considered backwards third world countries are, you know, significantly more open-minded and more advanced about the topic and more willing to discuss it than you are. Um, you know, we've gone at a crazy rate. But ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to go to break here in a minute, and when we come back, we'll have George Yosukli off with us, and we'll be talking about the festival going on and down in the Orleans, and we'll probably get back to some abduction stuff, and we'll probably talk a little bit about ink chains. I don't know how long he's going to stay with us, because they're working their butts off down there, and uh, I thought it was really nice for him to come on with us tonight and plug the, um, uh, the, the, the festival down there. You know, I keep wanting to call it a conference. You know, when I hear, anytime I hear a fellow youth researcher in the field, and I hear him being special, especially somewhere like New Orleans, I instantly want to be like conference, conference, conference. Uh, but it's the Cosmic Convergence Festival in New Orleans. And y'all come on and check it out. It's 2012, 12, 21, 12. Yeah, y'all can come hang out with Giorgio and, and hang out and hear some, some alcohol, some food, and some music and see if the world's going to end. But anyway, we're going to be right back. I want everyone to please stay tuned to UFO on the cover. I'm also sitting and speaking with Jason Wilson and November Hanson. They'll be joining us when we come back. Get a little, get a little, get a little white rush in that little break. We'll see you on the eight. UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Hello, everyone. Tree Sheridan 
host of A Global Focus. Come join us each Friday evening at A Global Focus's new time, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Come join the discussion. Light up your night with The Kevin Smith Show. Hi, this is Kevin Smith. Join me Monday through Friday right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Hey, hi there. Got your attention? I'm Gia Scott, and I was curious what you were doing from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time on Tuesdays. See, I host this really interesting little radio program that airs live then, and we bring in all sorts of guests. Authors, experiencers, and everything in between. It's paranormal and guaranteed to make you go, hmm. My guest list is always up at www.giascott.com. And do tune in to the Dawn of Shades from 7 to 9 p.m. on Tuesdays. One, two, three, four! <laughs> Pyramid UFO ships over every major city on the earth. People are exhilarated and scared. Reptilian strange creatures are beaming down. My God, my God, they're beaming me up with them. Don't put that probe there. Don't put that probe there. Don't put a. The, uh, ooh, 
Listen to the Church of Mabus radio show at 11pm Eastern, Saturday nights with host Jeffrey Pritchard, bringing you The High Strange. Visit www.churchofmabusradio.com. That's www.churchofmabusradio.com. Hey, it's Giorgio, the Aliens Guy from the History Channel's Ancient Aliens. Join me, Ghostland Observatory, and so much more at the Sugar Mill for Cosmic Fest on Friday, December 21st to help prevent the end of the world. Tickets, visit CosmicFestNola.com. Come join us every Saturday, 8 to 10 p.m. on News and the Flipside for current news and events with your hosts, Stephanie Benetti and Joe Montalda. Check us out live, www.uprn.org. Tune in to the Mind Cemetery with your hosts, Chip and Nicole, every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Exclusively on the UFO Paranormal Radio Network. We delve into UFOs, abductions, ghosts, aliens, conspiracies, and cryptozoology. And how could you ever forget about those creepy topics you won't hear on your local news? This is where I would insert my obligatory skeptical statement. The Mind Cemetery, where the paranoia about the paranormal comes to rest. Follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us on Facebook. Also, check us out on our website, MindCemetery.com, for show updates and the critically acclaimed Mind Cemetery blog. It's not critically acclaimed, but you should check it out anyway, MindCemetery.com. Hi, everybody. This is Erica Getch. I hope to see you on Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific on the Galactic Connection keeping you connected one hour at a time. For more information, please visit thegalacticconnection.com. Crap! 
sound of drums People couldn't believe what I've become Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Welcome to UFO Undercover, with your host, Joe Montaldo. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to UFO Undercover. We have a great guest that will be with us for a short bit, Giorgio Tsoukalos. We'll be talking about a festival going on in New Orleans. And, of course, Jason Wilson, ICAR uh, director, and Joe Montaldo, whose program it is, and the River Hansen, another ICAR director, will be with you also. So, Giorgio, tell us about this festival. Well, first of all, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to appear on your program. And I'm very stoked to be here to uh, to tell you guys that uh, on Friday, the 21st of December, is the alleged end of the world, and I'm here to tell you that uh, I have a plan to prevent the end. And uh, you know, this is a very much a tongue-in-cheek production 
of a giant music and entertainment festival that I'm hosting at the Sugar Mill in New Orleans um, because, you know, of course, absolutely nothing will happen on the 21st of December. And I've said for many, many years, 10 years ago, I said that uh, the greatest concern that we should all have about the 21st of December 2012 is the massive hangover we'll all suffer on the 22nd. And so in order to follow through on my word, we are organizing a giant party here in New Orleans with which we will appease the space gods on the 21st of December. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, a, I'm going to attend. I'll be there all day, uh, the whole entire time it goes on. So I, I'm planning on having forth. Now, uh, Georgia, what was there, 14 bands? 12? Well, actually, actually, more. More? Um, oh, we've hell. Got, we've got 20 bands. That uh, the, the doors open at 11 a.m. It's an all-day, all-night festival. We've got food trucks there. We've got vendors, a whole bunch of different entertain, entertainers, uh, um, artists, aerialists, uh, you know, contortionists. Everybody will be there, plus 20 bands. And we've got uh, a huge headliner, Ghostland Observatory. We're very stoked about having them on board because they are known to, to have the best and most entertaining three, uh, light, show, uh, light and laser show in the industry where they have 3D projections that they throw up in the middle of the air and it'll be absolutely magnificent and uh, we've got a whole bunch of local bands such as the Hot A Brass Band, Quintron and Miss Pussycat, Alex McMurray and the Interstellar All-Stars. We've got Sun Domingo, the amazing progressive rock band and we've got the Black Star Bangers, uh, we've got the local Skink, Sunrise Sunset. We've got two stages at all noon, and it goes on until at least 3 or 4 a.m. the next day. And at midnight, that's when uh, Ghostland comes on, but at midnight we have a surprise prepared for all the revelers where a giant spaceship will land to uh, on stage, and we will have a little celebration with actual aliens. <laughs> well, I can't wait to see this. This is going to be great, man. Oh man, this is going to be fantastic. It's and by a- the way, anybody anybody who is interested in finding out, you know, where and how they can get tickets, the website is very simple. It's cosmicfestnola.com. That's cosmicfestnola.com, and uh, tickets are going fast, but. Uh, you know, the, the, the sugar mill holds, uh, you know, uh, 1,500 people, so there's still a couple of tickets left. So if anybody is in the, in the greater uh, New Orleans area, just come on down. It's going to be a fantastic place. Hey, I would love to be able to attend. My car, like, broke down on my birthday, like, this past weekend, right? But if any way uh, at all possible, I will move hell and earth to make it to this. Yeah, because it's, it's well, a lot of times I have, uh, J- uh, Jason, when we're doing press. Good. Well, here's another thing, and, and that's why this is going to be so awesome that I understand that I've got, you know, people, you know, following me all around the world. And so in order to satisfy everybody, we're also organizing a webcast to the event. So anybody can, can tune in from all around the world to the festivities, especially the Midnight Spectacle. And uh, so, get a broken car, broken dump car, don't worry about it. Just tune in on the webcast. 
So there you go, webcast it out. I love webcast. I'm going to be there live, guys, so y'all can just all be jealous right now. <laughs> so how do you get to the webcast, Giorgio? Also on, also on Cosmic Fest NOLA, um, there will be a link that is, uh, I think, fairly visible. I'm not on a laptop right now, but uh, my people who are creating the webcast told me it should be pretty straightforward. Yeah. So, you know, that's going to be on for, for eight hours, for starting, I think, at uh, 6 or 7 p.m., and so that, you know, all the, the evening acts and the main acts during, uh, at night, for example, at midnight, uh, Ghostland, and the light show and things like that, and everybody going crazy that, you know, you can watch us doing that from everywhere on, on the planet. No, well, I, I can't wait to be there. Um, for everybody listening tonight, most of what we're talking about is already linked off the UFO on the cover site. You can just go click on Giorgio's face. It'll take you right where you need to be. Uh, Friday before I leave to go, I will have all this stuff posted on all eight of our Facebook pages and our MySpace and LinkedIn and Plaxo, the whole nine yards, all of y'all, because they're all maxed out pages now. So all of y'all uh, can go find him. It'll be real easy. Everything will be just, you know how I like it, guys, point and click, point and click, point and click. Uh, I figure I made it easy I can for him, Giorgio. <laughs> no, and I was, I went over there today um, to the sugar mill uh, to look at the the pre the, the pre setup and all of this. And uh, I mean, we've got some truly amazing contraptions uh, that uh, were given to us by a whole bunch of uh, carnival crews, Mardi Gras crews out here. And so it'll it'll be definitely not only a spectacle for your eyes, I mean for your ears, but also for your eyes, because we've got a whole bunch of contraptions there and floats, and then we've got the um, the spaceship at midnight descending from the sky and things like that, so it'll be uh, it'll be uh, off the hook, it'll be tight. Now, we, so got a couple, we got a couple people on the, in the chat room asking, um, is, is the party going to be indoors or outdoors, and is it going to be cold? And well, I can say it doesn't really get cold in New Orleans. Yeah, on Sugar Mill, the way we've configured it right now is that uh, one stage is on the inside. That's going to be the main stage, and then the second stage is in the in the court outside. Uh, but we've already made contingency plans. If it should rain, both stages can be brought inside. So uh, the, the weather report said that it'll rain and drizzle a little bit today. But uh, for Friday, the gods uh, appear to be uh, looking down upon us very kindly because we've got sunshine in the forecast. Yeah. So it'll be fine. I mean, and then, you know, if you're a little bit cold, bring a sweater. And if you're, if you're warm later, you, you take off the sweater and it's all good. Uh, yeah, well, like most events in New Orleans, guys, once they get going, you tend not to need to coat, even if it's 30 or 40 degrees outside. Uh, between all the alcohol and sheer people rubbing against each other, it tends to stay warm. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the temperature should be the least of our concerns. I mean, yeah, if it gets exactly. hot, we've got we've got a built-in air conditioning system, so everybody will uh, the the um, how do you say the um, the well-being of our revelers is our number one concern. And so far, by what I've seen, what my production team has organized, it'll be it'll be one for the ages. I can't wait to see it. Now, I had a local write-in just now. wanted to know if uh, video cameras and cameras will be allowed. I Yeah, I mean, come on. Today with, uh, with cell phones and stuff, how are you going to, you know. I figured uh, that, but it's always good to yeah. ask. Uh, no, I, I, I think so, yes. I, I, yeah, sure. Yeah, because yeah, I know we'll be walking around with Mike just interviewing people as we go through. And, and oh, yeah, you're press, but... 
the thing is, no, I shot a couple of videos at a concert, you know, so, you know, this is just a day. I, I can't wait, wait for this spaceship to land. For me, see, if we stay till four in the morning, I have to. Flying out well, the, to the Arizona. The space. Great <laughs> night. I mean, personally, I've been I've been dying to see it ever since I found out about it. And it was a fluke for me because you know I usually keep a close eye on a community festival in New Orleans with Georgia. I'm like, what festival? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> so uh, I said, well, send me the information so I, I could. And it's actually, by the way, this was a non-UFO person. Uh, you know, they're oh, not into you. Yeah, I know. And they sent it over to me. I was like, okay. Well, you know, it, it, this, this whole thing, this whole thing is catered to, you know, not necessarily to the UFO crowd only. I mean, I think this is catered to, and I think, but I know that this this party is catered to everyone because, you know. Number one, who doesn't like to have a good party? And number two, we're doing this in New Orleans because New Orleans has gone through an apocalypse. And they have risen from the dead. So to me, you know, it was very deliberate for me to choose New Orleans for this party because it just shows the the great mystery of life that we really don't know anything or what's going to happen because, you know, the Maya, as the three of you know, and, and most likely all listeners, the Maya never predicted the end of the world at all. In fact, what they predicted was, or what they calculated, it wasn't a prediction per se, it was a calculation of a giant cycle of time ending. And just like a, giant, a cycle of time ends every year with our calendar on the 31st of December, nobody flips out and then goes crazy, but everybody goes out and parties and everybody looks forward to the new year, summer, uh, January 1st. And so with this whole Mayan calendar, all Not that's going to happen is that this calendar of 25,600 years or thereabouts will Close. reset itself and start again at day one. And that's pretty much it. And, you know, so it's just a, an incredible uh, celebration of the completion of a giant cycle of time. So this thing has been in the making of, for 25,600 years. So what's your excuse not to attend? Um, I'm going to have a blast. Oh, good. Go did you get that? Yes, I did. Um, Giorgio, there's a good friend of mine in the uh, auditorium. You actually know her, uh, uh, Dee Andrew. I'm sure you were on her show before. Anyway, she has a question, and I know it doesn't really have anything to do with the party, but I wanted to ask you this real quick. Um, she wants to know why we never hear about Bakley uh, Tepe in Turkey. Now I know why Joe made me ask the question, trying to pronounce this. Uh, National Geographic did a small article on it, and uh, but there were no photos taken at night. Do you have? Are you going to have anything about this on your website? Uh, the question was that that no photos are being allowed to be taken at night at Bobetsi yeah. Tepe. I don't know if they're not allowed. Just there's no photos taken at night in the National Geographic uh, magazine. <laughs> I don't know. Just I don't know what the place is. There, oh, I mean, she says all the photos were taken at night. Was there a reason for that? Oh. Hmm. That, that's a tough one. I don't know. Data. <laughs> Let's see. Okay. Is Giorgio still there? Yeah, we got I him. Still. We got him. He was probably he was just thinking about it. They um. Unlimited. 
Okay, what's going on here? I'm not sure what the significance of the site is. Yeah, I'm not either. Um, what the hell just happened here? I don't know, but I think we lost him. Lost something? I can't see anything. Hmm, well, if we can't get him back, Giorgio has gone out of his way. Hey, look, if you didn't get a chance to party like it was 1999, you can make up for it Friday. No, Georgia, we still got you, don't we? No, no, I guess maybe we did lose you there. That Skype is weird sometimes like that uh, when you're locked into the phone system. It's a strange thing. The guys and girls, I would get down to the festival. It's going to be a great place to hang out. Um, everything I've read about it makes it sound fantastic. Lots of bands, lots of food, lots of liquor. Uh, I don't know what else you can want for it. Um, personally, I'll be there so you can come down. You can come down and meet Giorgio. Uh, you can come down and meet um, myself if you're in town. Uh, I'll definitely be down. You'll see me. I'll be walking around with a mic in my hand the entire time, uh, hanging out. Oh, and actually, it is 25 after. That's why we lost Georgia. He's got an interview in, in five minutes. Uh, I forgot about that. At 8.30, he's got another interview. Um, think about it is get drunk. It's hey, and good. if a miracle happens... And I'm able to show up. You'll be able to meet me there too. That's right. I'm going to have a good time, guys. I'll be down there hanging out, uh, chit chatting with everybody I can, seeing what's going on. Uh, for me, the hardest thing is going to find is a quiet place to do interviews. Uh, I mean, we'll do some because a lot of the broadcasts are going to be live all day. Uh, so we'll just be, you know, the mics will be running. God knows what y'all going to hear. And uh, so there'll be a lot of that going on too. And then there'll be just live talking to different people uh, around the area. But anyway, come on down. Check out the the, the, the festival. It's going to be a blast. Um, I, I don't anybody who attends. I think will have a good time. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's nice just before the uh, just before the uh, Christmas holiday, Cosmic uh, Convergence Festival. Sorry, guys. Cosmic Convergence Festival, New Orleans, twelve twenty one twelve starts at eleven a.m. and runs through midnight the next day. So. Uh, it, Know this. Think of it like this. If uh, if 12.01 comes and we're all still drinking and we're all chatting, well, hey, guess what? Looks like we made it. But, you know, I, I'm actually cheating. I got some friends in Australia I'm going to be talking to. We're going to have them on Skype with us while we're doing this on 12.21. So when they reach midnight at 1 o'clock, we say, hey, look, we're all still here. See? It's 12.21.12 and we're all still here. So we'll see how all of that works out. Now, I see we were stacking up questions pre this. Uh, about um, some of the stuff we were talking about earlier. Actually, to answer that first question, how do you become an ICAR member? You go to www.icar1.com and you fill out the application. Or you go to, to icar1.homestead.com and fill out the application. Either way, it comes right to us. Uh, it's an easy, easy way to do it. Uh, for the people, uh, for Jesse, I mean, I'm sorry. Who is that? For Sarah... Uh, any donation you make, there's donation buttons on all of our pages. They're all linked to the same one. The UFO on the cover, the Paranormal Radio Network, and the International Community for Alien Research. Uh, well, actually, ICAR is linked separately because it's a separate entity. But you can go to ICAR for that or Paranormal Radio for the other one, whichever one, um, and do whatever you want like that. Now, yeah, I wanted to get back to the France thing. So, how many people do y'all think are sitting at the bottom of this, this mountain, Jason, November? I mean, I was watching today. The they, they're closing down the town for four days. They can't get rid of these people. They won't go away. 
France thing, I must be living in a cave. I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, for about... Oh, November, there's a bunch of people that are camping out at some kind of sacred mountain where the aliens are supposed to show up. That's the Raylands. Well, I don't think this is Raylands. Well, this, this is a bunch a little of bit different bigger than, yeah. A little bit bigger than that. It's, well, I don't want to be, well, I'll say it's kind of new agey, actually. It is. It was. There was a bunch. Um, I know. About seven months ago, we uh, um, Frenchie sent me uh, um, uh, a newspaper clipping from over there, and it was fifty. Almost they, they estimated there was almost fifty-five thousand people hanging around a mountain waiting for the ET to come out the mountain. And I know the Reals believe in that too. So I mean, God only knows how many of them are there. Um, and now they're saying that you can't even find a place anywhere around the town and. And the mayor, which initially thought this was a good idea, is like, wow, let's close the city down for four days and maybe everybody will go. <laughs> well, you I think they would be appreciating the little tourist boost they're getting unless yeah, but I, I, everybody they, camping out in the mountains like some kind of broke hippie or something. A town or 176 or something like that that actually lived there. I'm thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. You have to look it up. France, type in French Mountain. France Mountain. Type in UFOs France Mountain. That ought to work. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what the place is called off the top of my head, but I've read at least three articles about it. Hippies waiting for Alien Ark for 2012 Rescue. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, now you see, and wait, we only got how many days left in the month now? What are we on, the 19th or something? Uh, ooh, man, we're down 11 days. Boy, that Ark better get here soon. Hey man, I got I got I got time to make the um I got time to make a, a Giorgio's party and that awesome. And then we've got uh we've got what two minutes? I mean two minutes, <laughs> oh, Lord. We've got two days to the end of the world. So y'all better get out have some fun, people. Stop being prudes. Go out and have some fun. Yeah, kick yourself. Do something. Go have some fun. Uh, and you know, I just I have to rag on one thing that I've heard, um, especially some of the people on I know on Facebook are purporting it. You know, the whole 2012 thing. There are actually a couple of people out there that think that the mass shooting in Connecticut is in, is happening because people are starting to freak out about 2012. No, that's asinine. That's not why this happened. Remember what caused the last shooting? Batman. Okay, 2012 doesn't have anything to do with it. I know, <laughs> 2012. Um, you know, but you know, I've been watching. NASA has been putting stuff out. The U.S. government's been putting stuff out. I've been watching the Europeans doing it. They say there's a big suicide watch on. And, and uh, uh, actually, they're expecting some, like, you know, some Kool-Aid events. Uh, but don't you think this is just a little bit weird? There really is nothing that says the world's coming to an end. No, that's I yeah, mean, it's not. It's the media's hyping it up. It is. It's not just the media. It's It's... It has a lot to do with uh, a lot of other people. Yeah, we'll have to see who that is later. Um, it, you know, it's not just that. It's a lot of like people in the ufology community, other people in other communities trying to, uh, you know, just trying to make a name for themselves, make make a make some money off of it or something. Think about it was about two years ago, uh, maybe three years ago, we were being bombarded in, in the chat groups with. All these in, all these different people writing books about 2012 and the end of the world and what's coming and what's not coming and um, now here we are, you know we're two days away. Oh. What the?
the hell was that? Joe, what are you doing? I don't know what the hell that was just now. Are you going that laptop again? That tsunami's coming. No, I don't know what that is. I don't even know where that's coming from. That is just weird. Can y'all hear that in Radio Land? This has been really, really weird tonight. It's like that torrential downpour. Let's see. There's Jason. Let's see. Okay, November, you still there? Yeah, I am. That's Jason's phone doing that to us. Uh-huh. I just cut him out of the conversation. He's the one who's tapped out. Yeah, I was like, wow, something got him. Y'all, Jason just got abducted. <laughs> Live on the radio. Jason just this? got abducted. I think we did this before, like, five years ago. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. What, what can you, hey, live radio could be a bitch sometimes. Um, especially tonight. It's been particularly irritating. Yeah, but, hey, I'm not complaining. And last week has, because we've been having problems with the archive and wanting to record stuff on extra stuff. <laughs> that was just weird. But, oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, before anybody else writes to me about that, there are three shows on the uh, archive that will be taken down. They've got double audio on uh, And as much as I'd like to blame it on science, technology, or anything else, it was actually my mistake. I've got the rerun queue and the archive on the same computer. And if I don't remember to turn it off, guess what happens? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Anyway, I'll take when I when I goof up, I'll take credit for it. I, tonight, though, that's Jason. Whatever they being taken away on the mothership. Uh, hopefully, they'll write. Maybe they'll drop him off in New Orleans. Who knows? You know, every now and then, ET screws up and puts him back in the wrong place. <laughs> oh, some guy wrote in a little while ago. He lives in Oregon. Wants to know when you're gonna when you're gonna turn your place into a convent for hippies. Oh come on! <laughs> I never. <laughs> no, he wanted to know when are you going to do it. When am I going to do it? Start, I, guess, I, I guess what you want to know. November's going to start our own little cult up there in Oregon. You know, the end of the, oh, November's end of the world cult. Oh, <laughs> right, right. Well, something does happen. I mean, I am set up pretty good, so. <laughs> Let, let's see if they put Jason back off the mothership yet. That would be nice. Because, you know, I don't want him to get probed, so I'm going back with us. Hey, you know, they might put him Ow! Jason, turn that off. What is that? Throw that in the garbage. Whatever you got, throw it in the garbage. Okay, we got to get him out of the queue. I know. I don't know what it is. Okay, Jason, you're you out of the queue, bud. <laughs> You've tried to make me in November deaf now. But it did happen rather suddenly, though. He wasn't having that problem before. Yeah, it sounded like a, a, a wire broke or something. Something gave out on a mic or something. I don't know what that was. Um, now we're getting short anyway, but Jason, let me know. We'll give you a call again, see if you can get it fixed. That was just kind of strange. Um, oh no, uh, November, give them the sites again. They, they're easy to find, guys. They're all over our sites. All you got to do is go go over to uh, like Paranormal Radio or to iCall or to I, the other iCall or to UFO in the cover and just click. Yeah, it's dot com. That's uh, .net, .org, or .tk. That's just crazy. Oh, Jason jumped back in. Look, now he's jumping in on us. Oh, we're freaking over. <laughs> Jason, whatever that might be, throw it in the garbage. All right, we're going to drop him again. <laughs> whatever that is, he needs to throw it away. 
guys, really, go go check out the links. Uh, we really need to get a few hundred people. I'd like to see a thousand, but I'd be happy with about five hundred. Uh, y'all just need to get over there and take it. I know, you know, not everybody listening to the shows or abductees or contactees. But still, the ones, I know there's a lot that listen, and I know there's going to be a lot that hear this in archive. That's okay. Our- Yes, I don't know what happened there, man. You sound like you were being proved, buddy. <laughs> it's like that. I have no clue. Live abduction on the air, man. I thought Joe got you because right, it was so weird. Right as that happened, I got an instant message from uh, Joe, and I was like, "What?" And then also heard us, the audience, and everybody else is now deaf in at least one ear. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, now, I'm getting these weird questions in. Well, not weird questions. Uh, Keith writes and Keith where are you from Texas Texas where in Texas I didn't say he wants to know what, what would you like to see come out of this November what, what are you hoping to see come out of this directions for more research uh, I mean I don't, Joe I don't expect to that's have that's a damn like good that. answer what not done or anything like that I mean you know take the things that we've learned from the past you know listening to people create these questions and then actually you know produce something out of it and then whatever comes out of that production, you know, to look at other directions. When I was doing the uh, gray abduction one, before I started writing the report, there were indicators that there were some things I needed to look up. I need to look up some stuff in medicine. I need to do some research on uh, uh, evolution. I mean, I, I'm familiar with these categories anyways, but I need to go more in-depth on other areas because there were signs that, you know, Maybe we were looking at a few things wrong. And I never give just an answer. I, I don't say, based on this information, this is the answer. Because we might find in the future, as we have more things added to a research report or more people chiming in, that the data would change. And so you can't really, what you can offer is you can offer ideas, suggestions, and then let people judge from themselves based on the data what direction they want to look at. And that's what they need to be doing. That's what for us. I really do think you know. Oh, to answer John's question, yes, we always learn something from everything we do, guys. But uh, what November's saying is, we're looking for directions. We're looking for things. We're just looking. Basically, we just we're just like sponges. Both of us are. So is Jason. Uh, the more information we get, the better off we are. It just helps us to understand this more because it is going to change. You can't think about any of this in absolutes because there's just no way of doing that. Um, I mean, we can say we know this or we think we know that. And you'll rarely hear any of us say, oh, I know this beyond a reasonable doubt. You'll usually hear us say, you know, this is what we think it is or this is probably what it is, this is what the organization thinks it is, uh, things like that. Because it will change. It's, it's, and I've said this before. It's like when we used to talk about, you know, the, uh, the, the abductions being a third, a third, and a third. We know now just from the last four studies uh, and even the blood type participation that the greys abduct on a far greater level than the humans or the reptilians do. Even though the reptilians and humans are abducting a lot of people, it's it's not, I think, I want to say 65% of abductions are greys, maybe even more than that. Uh, it may even be closer to 70%. It might be 15 and 15 on the other two. And I never thought that for years and years. We used to argue about this and before we even started ICAR, when we had the challenge, we used to argue about this. And uh, now it's, it's you can't really argue about it now because the data says different. It just says, hey, this is how many we got. Uh, I think the great questionnaires outnumbered the reptilian questionnaires seven to one because we got a bunch more in. And on the humans, it's probably even more than that. It's kind of strange. Yes, November Hansen is an NSA agent, but she's a gray. 
Oh my God! Can't we just let that die? That's like a twelve-year-old. Hey, so, somebody, somebody from the old days must have been in because this wasn't even from the chat room. This came in an email. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know that old video from a while back that shows this gray at Area Fifty-One. That's yeah, November. Yes, she just, she just, you know, the grays have the ability to make you think you see something. She, that's what y'all think y'all see. Y'all. Okay, you know what? I do have to admit, <laughs> there was a period of time that I did kind of resemble a gray. You know, when you're doing cancer treatment, you do kind of look like an alien after a while. <laughs> Luckily, I'm, I'm starting to morph back into my regular self. And you know, some say that November also met President Barack Obama on Mars between 1980 and 1983. Yes, some do say that. Now, okay, okay, I got. I have a, pre- a picture of President Barack Obama and my sister-in-law and brother-in-law on the other computer. Yeah, they went to a dinner with him. <laughs> so well, that, that's, that, that's about as close to Barack Obama as I've ever been. <laughs> well, that's nothing. Andrew Basaggio has a picture of him and Barack Obama eating dinner with Abraham Lincoln. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> theirs wasn't photoshopped, though. Theirs, theirs, theirs is real. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I'll just be, I'm not even saying nothing when it has the O word in it, so. Now, the NSA site, I do got to say, did once have the best, you know, government, uh, what's that called, Freedom of Information Act stuff on UFOs and extraterrestrials. Since then, they've taken it all down, but if you're really good about hunting around the Internet, you can find their old site and still access that information. But they got some pretty good stuff there. Yeah, the Internet Wayback Machine remembers just about everything. Yeah, somehow or another, stuff seems to get lost on servers that, and you know, and and this is thanks to the old guy, Obama, uh, a lot of American servers are not American servers anymore because, you know, Congress wants to do this and that with the Internet. So we've started putting servers in places like Russia and China and Canada and actually in weird places inside of buildings in other countries and stuff just because... Uh, we want to keep them secure and free. So once something's on those servers, government can't wipe it out. It's, it's out of their hands. So anything can be kept out there now. It's interesting to see how the Internet's evolving on its own. And as long as there's free nations, I think the Internet will, will, will just continue to grow. Um, what do you think right now? A billion people worldwide on the Internet? Close? You know, it's got to be more than that. I mean, just about everybody and their brother has access to it. I'd probably say there's... Oh, Joe, there's more than a billion Internet-enabled devices out there floating around in the world. Well, yeah, I know that, but that's because people like me and other people have five, six, seven of them. (laughs) That's why, you know, I understand that, but it's just, I'm not, because, you know, I know India's probably got, you know, a couple, a million, a hundred million or so, maybe China's probably the same way, three, four hundred million. Russia's probably got 20 or 30 million, but... You know, when you start getting into a lot of the countries, they're just, it's not the, the Internet capability, I think, as much as it is they don't have the money for the products. Well, Joe, not necessarily, because, I mean, damn near everybody in the world's got an Internet-capable phone right now. I don't. But yeah. you know what? There well, are villages that hire no toilet facilities, but by golly, they got a cell phone. They're sitting there playing Angry Birds on that iPhone and stuff. <laughs> They, um, well, you know, because they were talking about this a couple of weeks ago on TV. They were uh, arguing back and forth about how many Internet users there actually are. Uh, you know, it, it goes between like 1.1 billion and 2.2 billion. Uh, but I don't think anybody actually knows. 
you know, you consider, like, that might be how many active users there are, but there are some people that are, you know, basically limited to Internet cafes, so they're only on, like, an hour or two a week, something like that. But they still count. Well, yeah, they got to count. And but, see, that's the thing. I, don't, I think that's one of the problems they're having right now is trying to figure out how to count all these people that's on there. Because I figured it's 7, 7 billion, 200 million right now. I'm at least three, at least three have to be on the Internet. Uh, but, hey... I'll wait till somebody puts out a... Somebody somewhere will do a census on this sometime along the line and find out. I can't believe some phone company somewhere or some, like, Microsoft hasn't found this out already. You know, that make, the world population just makes me feel old. I remember being a kid, you know, like in kindergarten or something, flipping open the encyclopedia and seeing that the world only had, like, four billion people. Yeah, I know, huh? Hey! Yeah, when Joe was a kid, the... World population was only up to like five or six figures. Yeah, I think it was two billion, but uh, I know when uh, two hundred. I, I know when my when my dad was alive. I think they said there was around four hundred million, five hundred million people worldwide. So, when you think about this, when before we migrated to America and everybody lived in Europe and Africa and places like that, what were they? Fifty million people worldwide, sixty, and he, people don't think ET couldn't have wiped them out with a blink of an eye. <clears throat> Well, something damn near did wipe us all out to the blink of an eye um, between eighty to 100,000 years ago. I mean, mitochondrial DNA has proven that something knocked us down from God knows how big before to as low as between six and 10,000 people total. Well, that's what they were saying the Ice Age did, but now they're thinking they might have been wrong about that, that there might have been more people. Uh, something to do with uh, with South America's change and a lot of the views on how we think we came around, how we think... We evolved who's what and where, and uh, because there's a lot of stuff that don't make sense about the the South Americans versus the Europeans and the Africans and stuff. Uh, it's it's really looking like it was almost a, a separate spontaneous evolution on its own, and uh, or it's not quite what we thought it was. There was uh, maybe a tribe in Africa, maybe a tribe in Europe, maybe a tribe in the Americas uh, that eventually all end up merging because they can't quite account for how the blood worked out and why. If we migrated over the land bridge, that South America and Central America is 99% old blood. Uh, that's even in today's time. That's almost an impossibility. You know, we know the Europeans came over here. We know that that you know the South America was ransacked many times by the Spanish and all. Uh, so we know they were interbreeding, raping the women, pillaging. But still, it's 99% old. There's something wrong, you know. And then we also know that the only place in the world that you find a skulls different shape than anybody else's on the planet is in South America. So it's 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 a little weird how that worked out. Um, it's, it's to me it's a strange thing when I listen to him talk about it now. Like, you know, one migrated up from Africa and met this one up here, and this one migrated across the land bridge and met this one, and then they went back around again. And then you got all three of your blood types, and and, and then for some reason. We still don't even know why there wasn't no negative. I mean, why we ended up with negative blood. with a negative RH factor. There was none until 25, 35,000 years ago. What the hell was that about? Whether they said, oh, they're growing too fast. Let me do something that can kill some babies. I mean, what the hell? That's not what nature does. you, you got to wonder about that one. Uh, I don't know what the hell that's about. So when, it, when we get into abduction research like what we do, I think it's very significant. Uh... That so many contactees are Rh negative. Well, that is one of the statistical anomalies that we've come across. I mean, just you know, pretty much one of many. 
Yeah, I'm waiting to see how they're gonna all how they're gonna all pull out. I see. The other day, I noticed I was on. Well, you know, the whole thing in general, Joe. I mean, that's one of the most interesting. I mean, that's one of the most interesting parts about all of this research. Is I mean, we can take a look at a large group of people that ET is interested in, and you know, try to reverse engineer it and figure out exactly what you know what's special about these people. But then that just raises more questions, right? Are the aliens interested in us because some people are quote unquote special, or are they special because of alien intervention? Yeah, you know, it, it is. Oh, see, that's another thing. Are the blood types representative of the three types of aliens? A for for and this that means what it is, but A for humans, B for reptilians, O for grays, uh, and maybe the grays through an RH factor because they came in later than the other two aliens. You know, we, we that's the thing. There's a lot of questions here. The more we the more we find out, the more questions that come up. Um, and why are they more interested in RH negative than they are in, in anything else? And particularly in O, uh, that's that's another weird one. So even amongst the RH negatives, they're still interested in more O people than everybody else. Why? What is different? I mean, personality-wise, there's not that much differences between them. Is there something in the actual physical blood? Because we do know that O, o, o negative is the pure blood, so we, we know that now, but still, what does that mean? For our science, it means a lot of things. It's taught us a lot of stuff, but what does it mean for their science, which is more advanced than ours? Are we being bred like cattle so that, the, you know how, you, or like, you know how they say the vampires would breed cattle, uh, vintages for their own personal drink? Is that what's going on here? Well, you know, and we're not, oh, I mean, we're not sitting here trying to say either that, you know, yeah. some of the corollaries that are out there are like, oh, you can only be a contactee or aliens only like you if you've got O negative blood and oh. green eyes. Yeah. Well, no. you know, I mean, you do, you know, the interesting thing about that is, you know, quite honestly, you green eyes, which are fairly rare amongst the general population, and O negative blood, which is fairly rare amongst the general population, hey, but it doesn't mean you're not a contact guy. You can have any kind of blood, any kind of hair color, any kind of eye color, and be a contactee. We don't want y'all to get the wrong idea here. It's just there seems to be a statistically high in these particular areas, and, we, and we're trying to figure out why. Uh, I would tell you this. If you're green-eyed and you're O-negative, I would say you've got a 65% chance of being a contactee. I would go that far as to saying that. But, you know, until we get a bunch more to test and find out, we don't know, do we? You know, I'll go so far as to say, too, that uh, from, you know, based on the wide variety of people that we have, yeah, you've got statistical anomalies and groupings like that. You know, those are kind of interesting, but I don't think E.T. is interested in any type of, you know, particular physical or, you know, body traits or anything like that. Yeah. I honestly believe that, well, the evidence that I've seen leads me to believe that they're more interested in these individuals' intellects and minds and you know, generally who they are as opposed to anything physical. Yeah, I think the green eyes is like a marker. It's a leftover, a leftover or something. Something that they're doing, it may just make it easier for them to help them identify people. Uh, it may just be a marker left in the gene for a particular line or a particular family or something else. Uh, and it may not even be that. I, I, and guys, I know y'all listening to us right now, and what we're talking about is sheer speculation. We're not talking about any I card data or facts. We're just speculating. See, like when when LS wrote in the room about I'm green-eyed, but I'm an abductee. Well, yeah, that's what we're saying. <laughs> but I don't want everyone to think just because you're green-eyed or O-negative that you are an abductee, because you may not be. Uh, there's, no, there's no conclusive to answer Christian's question 
There's no conclusive evidence that suggests if you're green-eyed, if all green-eyed and, and O-negative people are abductees, or if all RH-negative people are abductees, there's no evidence to suggest that at all. Um, I, I would think with the statistics are exactly what they are. There's an anomaly inside of this. And because, you know, O-negative is a mutation on our planet, it's a good chance that it was introduced. Other than that, I don't know what the hell it means. I really don't. I, it's... It, I'll be honest with you, the blood type study along with a couple of the other studies were designed for us to help us find people that may be contactees and not know it. You know, we were looking for more criteria, basically. Anyway, I'm rambling. November, what you doing? you sleeping? No, I was listening to you ramble. No, I was just sitting there thinking about what you were talking about, the blood types and personality types. I think, you know that the data tends to lend that we're looking at something that's more of a scientific project than, yep. you know, let's take over the world or we're going to come get you and make food out of you or, you know, some of these crazy ideas people come up with. Because if you break things down as to far as who we know or who is claiming to be abductees right now, if you look at the data, it looks like that they are broken down into what you would put a scientific, you know, uh, project together. You have your control group, you have your other group that's your, I don't know, I can't think of all the stuff off the top of my head right now, but you have your different groups, and uh, that would make sense to me. I mean, if that's what you're doing, you're not just going to pick everybody that's O negative. If you want to learn more about the species, how it evolves, or something like that, you know, you got to have, you know, different groups of people to comparative study with. Yeah, you do. That's what you really got to have then. And I think this is where we're going, um, guys. I, I got to be honest. The organization is going to have a, is going to have a lot more information than, than most researchers will ever get to see in a lifetime. And uh, it freaks me out every time I hear something new or when I'm listening to them talk. You know, somebody wrote to me about the reptilians the other day, and uh, oh, to answer Philip's question, no, there is no such thing as an expert in this field. I know it says reptilian expert Joe Mataldo. No, uh, I, expert reptilians, I am not. Um, amphibians, reptilians, whatever you want to call them, amphibian, reptilians, uh, whatever they may be, uh, human, amphibian, and reptilians, I have no idea. Uh, we say amphibians, and amphibians are a bad word. Reptilians are a bad word, amphibians are a bad word, and I'll tell you why. Uh, we call them amphibians because they can, they can breathe underwater and they can breathe out of the water. That's the only reason why. They're warm-blooded, which means they're not an amphibian and they're not a reptilian. Um, so I don't know, you know, it's just when you look at them, those are the names that come out. Uh, I don't know how else to explain it. Well, you know, I, I got one thing I want to say about experts out there in the field, and y'all can take this to the bank, too. And I will say this and mean it 100%. There is nobody out there in the field that knows everything about everything or is even remotely close to being to the bottom of this topic, no matter who they are no matter what they say, no matter what they claim. There is not a single person out there who has the whole plot. I agree. It's like a puzzle. And it's it's not just the stuff that we're doing. I mean, there's, you know, other groups, other organizations who have did some collecting of data and put out some information. I mean, you got to, you know, I... I, I don't use some of their stuff, but, I mean, I'll go and I'll read about it to see if it's connected to what I'm doing. Uh, but, no, I agree. There's You're talking about a subject that really hasn't been seriously studied, 
I mean, and if you think about just our own history and the things that we've studied in science and medicine, I mean, it's taken hundreds of years, you know, from the time that they start actually researching. And then things change through the hundred of years. I mean, you know, we used to think that the plague started with whatever it was we thought. It changed to something else. And then finally, you know, just recently they found out, well, the plague was actually uh, mice from uh, China and the fleas that were on them. But, I mean, at the time it was happening, it was thought to be... And will it be... I keep thinking right to the bottom of the scene. Well, Jason, you're broadcasting from a submarine. We're having some difficulty. Very good. This is kind of weird. <laughs> I think Joe's gone. <laughs> Guess we'll have to hijack the program again, Jason. Oh, there's only about four minutes left. Apparently, the depth charge has got him. Yep, it went with Joe. <laughs> well, we got four minutes left to UFO Undercover. Any questions from the virtual auditorium? Actually, let me scroll up just a little bit. And um, LS had a question in the room. She'd like to know if some people only have just gray abductions or just reptilian abductions, and so on. And um. Yeah. yeah, you see that quite a bit. Um, I don't know. In general, a person more or less has contact with the same group. Now, there are a number of cases out there where somebody who is, say, primarily a gray contactee, I mean, that's all they can remember. You know, those seem to be the, the, the crux of the experiences that they have. No other race is particularly involved. And then... Every now and then, on occasion, these people have a wild card abduction where there's multiple being, multiple types of beings present, or they're being abducted by a different type of being whatsoever. But those seem to be outliers. Um, it's like after a visit or two like that, generally they go back to whoever you know their keeper group is. So um, yeah. yeah, there's there, there are a lot of people who don't have that experience. So yeah, they stay pretty much exclusive to one race, or at least that's all they can recall is that race. I mean, there's always that wild card in the whole equation, too. Right. I think when I did the gray study, I mean, I'd have to pull out the book, but it seems to me off the top of my head, it was two-thirds strictly had some kind of experience with grace. And then the other third, it would be the grace, but then there was also some other presence, a, a mantis, a, a reptilian, I hate the names for some of these things that we use. Uh, humans or military or, you know, they had something else involved too. But still two-thirds of them, I mean, it was specifically just a great experience. Oh, now Jason left. <laughs> well, everybody, <laughs> I, th I think they plotted to do this on purpose, that I was going to have Hang to... Hang on, I'm back, I'm back. Everything okay. just kind of like froze up there for a moment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, we still got a couple minutes to go here, Jason. 
Well, if that doesn't derail your train of thought, I don't know what will. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay, so to everybody out there, these studies that we're doing, really the best way that um, we can actually write reports and do information is have participation. So if you go to, I believe it's www.icar1.com, the link to the website with the different studies is on there. Um, there's the one for the dream and the experiencer, that one I'm conducting. Heather Garish is doing the one on um, UFO community peoples and uh, their occupations. It also has a few other interesting questions that she stuck in there. It'll be interesting to see what kind of report she types and how she kind of links the stuff together. I'm looking forward to that. And then there's the event tracker. It's uh, set up in one week uh, increments, and they're all on there. It's, the event tracker is simple. It's only 10 questions. You just go in. Type whatever it is you're dreaming about. Maybe you're having some kind of vision. You know, maybe you're having some kind of a inner feeling or inkling that you know the other shoe's about to drop. Maybe you know that it might be, you know, futuristic. Maybe it's an earthquake. Maybe it's a whatever. And uh, yeah, so there's all those on there, and there should be a couple more coming up. If you are an iCar director, you happen to be listening to this program, and you you have an idea for a study you want to do. We can put that together, and we can put that on the website, and you can certainly do your own study and your own report. You are more than welcome to do that. Just contact me at, uh, what's the email address? Uh, dreamresearch.icar at gmail.com. Jason, you get a wrap of that. All right. I'd just like to say, too, um, hey, look, if you've had experiences out there or you just want somebody to talk to uh, about what's happened to you, or you've got any theories of your own or any questions you'd like to ask, um, feel free to get in touch with us. Just go to, um, I, uh, let's see, what is it, icar1.com and get a hold of us. It'll go into our general inbox, and one of our directors or researchers will get back in touch with you. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to UFO Undercover. I enjoyed being here. I'm sure Jason did, and I know Joe did till his laptop died. Until next week. listening to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network.